the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. So, Tom, walk us through your analysis of the Twitter files. Most specifically, what, if any, laws were broken by our federal government? Oh, (laughs) well, there were, I think, four batches of Twitter files put out there. And as it relates to government intervention in Twitter censorship um, uh, activities, you have uh, two categories. You had these regular meetings taking place uh, with the FBI and uh, DHS and who knows, the Office of Director of National Intelligence prior to the election. And uh, they've been cagey as to what those meetings were about. But the context around that time, obviously, was the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story, but not by not only Twitter, uh, but by Facebook and others. So the question is, were they telling or suggesting Twitter to um, take this material down? It's not clear that happened, uh, but certainly uh, regular meetings with a private company uh, to persuade or talk about deleting or censoring any material would raise significant First Amendment concerns just generally. But more recently, one of the more recent batches, I think it was either uh, batch three or batch four, uh, you saw that the FBI specifically asked tweets be taken down. And that, to me, raises significant legal concerns. You know, I'm no lawyer, uh, but I've been doing this too long uh, than I (laughs) been doing this longer than I care to admit to in terms of figuring out what the FBI is supposed to do and what it's able to do. And what it's not able to do is to track the social media accounts of individual Americans uh, for just because, you know, they don't like what they're saying about election debates and then go to a private company and get them to take it down. Uh, that ought to be the subject of a serious criminal investigation. The victims of that type of activity may have civil claims against the FBI and anyone else involved in this. And I just saw on Just the News over with our friend John Solomon, he highlighted the uh, deposition testimony in the uh, Missouri and other lawsuits about uh, Twitter censorship or big tech censorship of this FBI special agent, Mr. Chan, out in San Francisco. Mm. And he said these censorship requests were being approved at the highest levels before they went to places like Twitter. Uh, so that's a real major revelation, and um, there ought to be heck to pay. Yeah, and so, so Tom, you were one of the leading voices, and Judicial Watch was one of the only organizations to uncover the nonsense around Russiagate. I believe it was your lawsuit that actually got us the Peter Strzok smirk text messages. I could be wrong, but I know you guys were involved in some of the discovery there and some of the FOIA requests. But the same blueprint, the same behavior that they used for Russiagate seems that they now used for Twittergate in 2020, 
which is we are going to use the intelligence agencies to then have third-party actors, whether it be Perkins Coie, whether it be a dossier, whatever it might be, they're still calling the shots, but they do it a step removed. So, Tom, failure to hold people accountable for what they did with Russiagate, I think, is directly correlated with this behavior that we saw with Twitter. Yeah, and and in this case, you had um, the Trump administration kind of taking a step back. And it it does go back to Russiagate because the Trump administration or folks within the Trump administration were scared as a result of uh, the ferocious uh, attack on Trump over 2016 and his election. And uh, they bought into hook, line and sinker the idea that the Russians colluded and interfered in our election in a substantial material way. And in response to that, they took it upon themselves to police the Internet and start evidently here targeting Americans for censorship through Twitter and such. And so these are deep state actors who made up crap against President Trump and then used the resulting political blowback to continue to censor Americans they didn't like. And one of the dangers is that it's escalated, that, you know, they did it on the sly in uh, 2020, but now they're doing it uh, in a forthright manner under the Biden administration, where you have the White House calling in the heads of these big tech companies and being quite uh, blatant in brazen in um, asking them to censor Americans about issues uh, that get in the way of their political agenda. I want to play a piece of tape here of Yul Roth, the degenerate boy king, who was the de facto CEO of Twitter and had the power that SARS, Caesars, dictators, and despots hundreds of years before would have only dreamed of, the ability to shut people up and manipulate news cycles and be able to really configure what people's opinions are about pressing issues. Let's go to this one here. Yoel Roth saying in the weeks before, between Election Day and January 6th, Twitter moderated 140 individual tweets just from Trump, and now we know it was the FBI that was pushing him to do it. Play cut four. The weeks leading up, in the weeks between Election Day and January 6th, Twitter moderated hundreds. I think the, the, the final number ended up as like 140 separate tweets from just at real Donald Trump that violated various policies. Yes, he was good at that. Integrity policy. Yeah. And so he's bragging about the volume of censorship. Tom, your thoughts? Uh, he, he's being, he's, he, he, the documents show he's not telling the truth. The challenge that Twitter had was that Donald Trump was not in violation of its rules, and they had to come up with new reasons and pretexts to censor him. And ultimately, they came up with a rule that applied to only to him, Donald Trump. He was censored not because of what he said. It was because he was Donald Trump, and they opposed him for, for years. You see this in the material. Uh, so they didn't, weren't moderating his content. They were opposed to his content and figuring out ways and making up rules on the fly to censor it. So you had this outrageous election interference prior to 2020, and then he's in a uh, uh, a political fight about how the election's going to be resolved, that those disputes are going to be resolved. Uh, they were upset about what happened on January 6th. But this problem was he hadn't done anything that was a violation of their rules. And you could see they acknowledged that 
But they said, well, we're going to take these tweets down or we're going to suspend his account because of what he's been saying for four years. Incredible. And and I want to go back to you, Charlie, because I see they were lying about you. They were. They were lying about Dan Bongino. And I tell you, it's one thing to lie to you. And, you know, I don't know. I'm sure you'll be consulting lawyers as to what actions you can take. We are. But when they lie to shareholders, when they lie to federal agencies and when they lie to Congress and they lie to users about how they're censoring people, that raises a whole host of other legal issues outside of criminality by the government but potential misconduct yeah, of civil and criminal that's exactly uh, by right. the prior Twitter management. You mentioned crimes committed by our government. I believe one of the reasons why we are seeing people on the conservative side get angrier and angrier is we see citizens have to be indicted and put in prison for crimes they did not commit. They have to see their apartments raided for things they did not do. James O'Keefe, Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump. The list goes on. And yet we see blatant, naked, proud criminality by our government. What can possibly be done to hold the crimes of the government accountable? Well, we have to use the tools available to us under the law to uh, and the Constitution uh, for accountability and a check. And, and there are a variety of tools ranging from impeachment, uh, from Congress to funding, uh, the uh, fights in Congress. Also, uh, you have civil claims that uh, individual citizens can bring. And hopefully there are honest um, administrative employees, people in the executive branch in the law enforcement area who are willing to look at their own. But as we know, that's been almost a, 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 a fool's gold in terms of uh, looking for that to happen uh, because the Justice Department and the FBI in my view, are irredeemably compromised. And uh, we need to think about how we start over in terms of organizing them, or uh, in the case of the FBI, maybe even disbanding them and and, and figuring out other ways to um, uh, enforce federal law through an investigative agency. There, You guys have done a little bit of this. Uh, you've done it a lot, I shouldn't say, I should say, but it's been, some of it's been successful, where you, the American people can technically go to the courts and say, my government is breaking the law. But those are tough lawsuits, aren't they? They take time. They take money. And the government almost always seems to get away with it. Well, sometimes yes, sometimes no. You know, you win some, you lose some. In California, you know, California, uh, they have this broad liberal standing require uh, uh, position that taxpayers can challenge uh, illegal conduct by the government, misuse of tax dollars for illegal, you know, illegal activity. And they had quotas in California they were trying to impose on private boards of directors. And we went and sued under this theory of taxpayer standing, and we won. Uh, so, you know, there, there are opportunities even in blue states to enforce the rule of law. And certainly, you know, the example of Judicial Watch is we're famous for FOIA, right, Charlie? Mm-hmm. We just think about that. Let's take a step back. We've got this gargantuan Leviathan government. Billions and billions of dollars. But if they don't give Judicial Watch documents, those government agencies have to go into court when we sue and explain to the court why they're not giving us the documents or when they're going to give them to us. And they have to explain uh, if they're withholding anything, why it is they're withholding it. And I mean, that's an awesome, awesome uh, uh, leveling of power 
between the American people and their government. Uh, so this is why the left hates the rule of law. So, you know, those things that seem challenges to us, we, we know what needs to be done and we should embrace what the left is attacking. Embrace the rule of law, embrace the idea that the courts provide um, s- some check on the system, embrace Congress's powers under the Constitution uh, to uh, not spend money where uh, it's being used and misused and abused. And of course, embrace our core constitutional rights, which are God-given. The Constitution actually just codifies what uh, God has granted us, uh, as such as the First Amendment rights, yes. your free speech, association, and to petition our government. That's all part of the First Amendment. The left would have you believe, uh, would have you forget about those two second ones, the association and the petition your government. That's a core right too, which is what this whole Twitter fight's been about. They don't want us to criticize the government. That's right. Well, I think there needs to be a flurry of lawsuits very soon. And I'm not sure what the success can be, but it should be, it needs to be repudiated and not tolerated. If a government agency by proxy uses a private company to do what they themselves specifically cannot do. We got a lawsuit already underway in California against the secretary of state's office there. They were getting Twitter to take down tweets, but specifically with Judicial Watch, they got uh, YouTube to take down a video of mine about Judicial Watch's work, uh, Judicial Watch video, uh, just before the election. And so we sued the Secretary of State's office for that violation of our civil rights. So we're, we're, not, we're not standing idly by and just uh, complaining about it. Uh, we're going to court to figure out what went on and hold them accountable where we can. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 